2: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon.
3: All right, yes, it's Saturday and the sun is just popping out because it's springtime, Bryce Gibbs. We're feeling good. Bugger all going on because it's the bye week between finals, but we're going to have some fun today. I can just feel it in my loins, Bryce Gibbs.
0: Good morning, Tom. Good morning to everyone. And you're spot on. Spring's <coughs> finally here. How good yeah. is it? The, the sun's out, and it's that f- like from a football point of view, the, the finals feel, the, mm. the, f- the smell of freshly cut grass. Yep. Everyone's just a bit of buzz around town. It's it's uh, it's a good time of year.
3: Yeah, it's one of those nostalgic things. You know, the changing of the seasons. It ignites probably some feelings inside you, Bryce, ever since you're a kid.
0: Uh, well, absolutely it does. But from a football point of view, not mm. so much because I've been used to just going on holidays <laughs> <laughs> about, spring, about this time of year.
3: <clears throat> spring signifies a trip to <laughs> Ibiza or Las Vegas for Bryce Gibbs. Oh. Uh, Gibbon, you look like you've been through the ringer. Have you been sleeping well this <laughs> week? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: been, it's been a, a couple of challenging nights, Tom. Yeah. Uh, off the back of... Just a couple of tired, ratty kids, Yeah. to be honest. And okay. for all those listening that have kids will understand exactly what I'm saying. And, mm. you know, we gave him a little bit of a leeway this week. So, for example, my wife took Charlie to the circus <laughs> on Thursday what? night. So she got a couple of tickets to the circus and it was like, all right, who's coming? I got three tickets. Do you want to come? Do you not? And then it's like, well, the youngest one, Maddie, she's probably too young to mm. take and have a late night out. So... Trying to organise babysitters, it was too hard. So Loz was like, well, why don't I take my old man for Father's Day? Yes. And I'll take Charlie and give him a a night out. And great idea, no worries. So obviously Thursday (laughs) night's a school night. Yeah. I stayed at home, looked after after the young one. And so there's a late night for Charlie. Yeah. We gave him the day off school. Madison's flat because she's not with mum and Mm. missing out as well. So that means... Dad's looking after her, which means ice cream, stay up late, watch a movie. She ends up oh, having a late night. Okay. So from then it's just you're playing catch up till.
3: And so till today.
0: So. What, what's ready, got, kids? Yeah. Late nights, early mornings. <laughs> they're fighting. My temper's non-existent, like it's, yep. and it's yeah. It makes for. Makes uh, it good uh, fun.
3: And how are mum and dad, have mum and dad, you know, snapped at each other at any point or are you and Loz smooth sailing?
0: Nah, nah, it's on. It's, it's, every, <laughs> it's every man and woman for themselves at the moment. Oh, in our man. household. I,
3: I ask you because I empathise with you so much. We gave our two and a half year old Joan her first real, you know, when they go into a big bed and her big bed was pushed up against near her door. And she insisted on having the door open. And she thought that would just give her license to go roaming all night long. She woke uh, Jessica and I up about 15 times two nights ago. And then Donnie joins the party. And uh, the result is that we ruined people who are a shadow of ourselves. So you're going to have an unpredictable show today, guys. I apologize for my voice as well. I blame my kids for that. Gibber, you wrapped things up last weekend with South... Uh, how did it feel? You know, when the final siren went, did you have any any new feelings or any sadness?
0: Yes, Tom, you, you're right. I, I officially retired from I've probably senior football, I suppose, last week, and it was. Mm. Do you know what? I, I'm. I know. I'm. Um, it's the right decision because I'm like I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, not not to front up to training yeah. this week. Uh, it was it was a nice feeling, but. It, 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 was, it was a great day. It was a bit mm-hmm. like today. The sun was out, it was, it was sunny and played my last game at Glenelg Oval where I started as a junior for, for the Bays. So mm-hmm. to finish on, on that oval, we, we lost by about 60 points, but the result didn't really ah. in the end and a lot of family and, and friends there and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great day.
3: Now, something that stuck out from that game was the drop kick that you just uh, dropped in the last quarter. They were saying uh, there's a little story or or reason behind you doing that. Was that given any forethought whatsoever? Why the drop kick? I loved it, by the way. (laughs) I love the drop kick. Bit of 80s.
0: Yeah, look, it was a little bit bit cheeky. I'm not going to lie. And if it was a close game, I dare say I would have... Wouldn't have the balls to, to pull that out <laughs> in the last quarter. But uh, I was with my old man in the morning yeah. Uh, and uh, I said to him, look, well, the story goes, he he kicked a drop kick in the 1985 grand final from right. fullback. So ran out of fullback, kicked a drop. They were up by you know 10 goals. Wow. So it was more of a bit of a cheek from him. So I said to him, I said, look, last game at the Bay, as a tribute to you, Oh, if, if we're up by a lot or down by a lot in the last quarter, keep an eye out. I will go and <laughs> kick a drop kick like you did in the 1985 grand final. He sort of and he goes, oh, basically you won't like going, hmm. if, you, you know, if you're going to walk the walk, you know, talk, 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 walk the walk. So I yep. said, righto. So anyway, we were, as, as we know that we we're down by a lot and snuck down there and waltzed out of Fall back and, and kick this drop kick and i, I towed it like I nearly yeah. proper shanked it. So, yeah, um, yeah. It was a little bit little bit cheeky on my behalf, but that was the, the that was the story behind it.
3: Okay, so a nice tribute to Dad. Now those who missed it, um, this is how it went down from the commentary side of it.
0: It's a close watch on Gibbs as he brings this one back out under the ground. And he's gone the <laughs> drop kick. He's gone on the drop kick, and you can hear the jeers. And now there's a big story behind that. There's a bit of a word around that Gibbs he might do that. And
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's off the point of the toe.
3: Okay, so, yeah, on, upon closer inspection, it has come off the point of the toe. And I just thought, for our general amusement, how would this go with Seinfeld music going behind it?
0: Just a close watch on Gibbs as he brings this one back out under the ground. <laughs> He's gone the <and> dropkick! <laughs> He's got on the drop kick and you can hear the cheers. and now there's a big story behind that. There was a bit of a word around the kids he might do that. And
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's off the point of the toe.
3: <laughs> it just oh, works. Seinfeld just works with some events it and It certainly uh, does. And yeah.
0: I was actually, um, there's a lot of kids on the boundary line and they were the ones that obviously saw it first as it happened and as I kicked it they mm. yelled out, Oh, is that a dropkick? And then it actually filtered yeah, amongst the playing, the players playing on the field, and I had a few of the Glenelg boys come up to me and I'm like, "You just kicked a drop kick." This was like two, 30 seconds after it happened, so um, yeah, a little bit of carry on. Uh, late th- in the last those quarter. kids
3: wouldn't have even known or seen what a drop what was, kick what is. Was going on. Yeah, so nice throwback to the eighties. We got a a block show today, Gibber. Of course, sadly the Crows are out of the finals race, so we're going to do a comprehensive season review, no holds barred, but of, of course some praise where it's uh, where it's due as well. And we're going to take a nice deep look at the finals race ahead, previewing all of those games and uh, how they might play out. But um, Bryce, your look at the most important players for each side is going to come up next in a very special edition of Tell Me, Bryce, who are the Smokies who could bob up? And who are the players, most important players for each side? Am I right?
0: Yeah. And I'm keen to get interactive with this. So yep. if you're listening, oh four two seven one five four one double six is the text line. So as you said, Tom, we're going to go through the most or who I think the most important mm. players in each team that are in the finals next week. And obviously these players, if they have a big final series, they can take your team deep into September. And you're right, maybe a a surprise packet, a a Smoky that can have a big finals that can also help contribute to to your side going deep. So one of each.
3: Yep. And I'm going to go for a walk down memory lane with the blokes who have just done bugger all in their careers and then they just pop up out of nowhere in the finals. So I'm talking the types like Shane Ellen in the 97 grand final, uh, Paul Chapman is another one who just one year at Geelong, he did sweet FA for the entire year, but popped up for the finals and pr- was pretty much their best player. Won
0: the Norm Smith. Yeah, I we won the Norm Smith. In, in the granny. They're, they're, there's players that pop up each and every year.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know who is actually a type for the Blues who I could see doing that? Silvani. He is exactly that type of player who's. Uh, you know, sometimes he's on the fringes, but sometimes he can pop up in a big way. I, I reckon he could have a big final next week.
0: He could. He's he's on the racing the clock for, yeah. for injury to start with. Oh, is he? With a stack side, with a lot of a lot of inclusions uh, for the Blues last week. Mm. It might even be tough. At the selection table for him as well. So no doubt we can deep dive into that. But uh, as I said, jump on the text line 0427 154 166 and uh, throw some nominations at me.
3: Yes, who are your most important players for your side this finals or for an, another side if your ty- side didn't make it? Um, Gibber, we're going to cover a little bit of trade and free agency stuff as well. Your friend Matty Crouch, he's got a one-year offer in front of him from the Crows and there has also been another late suitor. I'll tell you who that is in a sec.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a factor. Um, but yeah, we'll sort of work throughout the next few days, and hopefully um, come to an agreement. Uh, the focus was to complete the, the season out, and then uh, we'll deal with that in the next few, few days. So um, yeah, something will come up in the next few days, hopefully. Hopefully staying, mate. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, still hopeful of stay.
3: So it looks like, because of his family ties and his lifestyle, he would prefer to actually stay at Adelaide. But there may be a multi-year deal from Sydney. Could you see him fitting in there?
0: I I, cu- I could. Yep. There's mm. no doubt about that. And and where Matt is at, he's still in the prime of his career, to be honest. So yeah, I don't blame him for trying to chase a, a multi-year deal. If if the Crows are only offering, only offer offering <laughs> him. There we go. so it's oh, spit off that to a flyer. Uh, a one-year deal. So, uh, yeah, obviously he's well settled here in in South Australia. But, Mm. you know, if you you need to move, you need to move. So we'll see how that plays out.
3: Yep, we'll have all the latest in that space. And we're also going to talk uh, to the head of footy operations from the Sandfall, Sean Toohey, about all the finals happening this week and where you can position yourself and all the extra activations they've got going on. Sandfall always do it really well nowadays for the families, don't they, Gibber?
0: Yeah, they do. And uh, we spoke about, obviously, an exciting time in the, in the AFL with finals coming up. The Sandful kicks off this week. So you're yeah. right, Tom. Uh, they do it really well, have a lot of activations in and around the ovals and uh, it's shaping up to be a pretty exciting Sample final series as well this year.
3: Yep, we are here for Lumo Energy SA, Sensa Studio Lumo SA is at number one, King Williams Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA and city discount tyres, four-wheel drive tyre deals are on now. It's currently quarter to nine. Up next, it's Tell Me Bryce with the most crucial players for your side this final series. Oh.
2: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon.
3: Yes, spring has sprung and it's a lovely top of 22 degrees today, Gibber. So the sun is bugging its head out, although it's still a little bit frosty outside. It'll definitely be a day for doing things outside By about late morning, we've got a massive show coming your way, previewing all the big finals games. And also in a second, Bryce, you're going to talk us through uh, who could bob up this final series, who the most important players are in each side. But just a quick around the grounds before we do that. The Boomers going down last night in the uh, World Basketball, um, what is it it called? The World World Cup? Cup? World Cup. They've gone down to Slovenia, 91-80. to 80. The Boomers would be incredibly disappointed with that.
0: Yeah, certainly, Tom. And Luka Doncic, we know mm. the best player, arguably, in the world. But obviously, as the Aussies, the Boomers lost to, to Germany, uh, which put them under the pump, giving them, obviously, mm. no room for, for error. And they had to beat Slovenia, as you said, and Georgia on Sunday to progress to the quarters. But... They just never really clicked. I mean, mm. I was watching watching bits and pieces of it last night and um yeah, they needed to run a few more pick and rolls, I think, and they just uh they just couldn't get it done. They they got off to a good start and we just couldn't pick yeah. it back. We there was a we made a run late in the third in the third period where it looked like we we're gonna, gonna mm. just keep going on with it and, and win the game. But uh Luka Doncic, he's the the best player in the world for a reason and he uh he managed to hold the boomers off.
3: Yeah. He is a big unit and a lot of pundits had the boomers, you know, polling maybe third or maybe fourth. So they'll be really disappointed to get bundled out in that way. And just the 2020 stuff that's happened overnight. Mitch Marsh has uh, had a fantastic start to his 2020 captaincy. And it's continued overnight with his team clinching the series win over South Africa in game two of their three game series by eight wicket. Marsh Marsh crunched an unbeaten 76 of 39 balls, which included six sixes. So, uh, He's got a bit to give to the game. He had a cracker in in that series in England as well, Mitch Marsh. Uh, I think he's got a few good le- good years left in him as an all rounder.
0: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. And, and what a way to start off your, your skippering tender and the our strikers, uh, Matt Short just hit, a, hit mm. a sixty if you don't mind going at two to a ball. So yeah. the uh, they're in good form in the the 2020 space. Our uh, our Aussies.
3: Yep, it's time for this. Tell me, Bryce. Tell me, sweet little Bryce.
0: Pretty sick of talking about it, to be
3: honest. Tell me, Bryce. Yes, yeah, time for Tell Me, Bryce, where we delve into the uh, deep recesses of Bryce Gibbs's mind. And of course, it's week off final, so it's one of those weird weeks where uh, you're looking for something to do. But I'm excited for this final series. It's sort of up in the air who could win it. I reckon, Bryce. Who are some of the players we want to keep an eye out for?
0: So obviously it's that time of year where you can really make a hero of yourselves, and, mm. and this is where you know you can have a a, a great year as, as a player. But people really remember your performances in finals uh, and mm. having big finals campaigns. So we're going to uh, run through well, who I think the the most important players in each side are, and maybe a smoky in in the same side who might bob up and, and have a, or who could have a huge impact and a huge say. In uh, in September this year.
3: Yep, yeah, and undoubtedly because every single year. Some no-name bobs up and makes a name for himself in finals. It's just written in the folklore. There's always someone who, who's rogue. Not many people know who uh, has a stunning performance. We're talking Shane on style. But, Bryce, who you got first?
0: So, I just want to say, too, uh, mm. want feedback along the way here and a few yes. nominations yourself if you're listening. 0427154166 is the text line. I'll read them out. Feedback, welcome. So, Tom... Let's start with the Magpies, top of the ladder. Obviously, Darcy Moore. I think he is their most important player in this side. He's declared himself fit. He will play next week against Melbourne. So, big game. 50-50 50-50 game but he's he is their most important player from an intercept point of view obviously the, the way he sometimes just disregards his opponent and will leave them just to go and stand in the most dangerous space so when the opposition are uh, bringing the ball up the wing they look up all as they see is Darcy Moore so he's their most important player i think yeah. leading into this final series
3: and As far as Melbourne's forward line are concerned, I can't find a forward as clever as, say, Tex Walker, who is able to uh, work Darcy over, who can do something similar, who will really keep Darcy more accountable. So that's uh, probably an area of ascendancy for Collingwood.
0: Yeah, you're spot on. You need to be really smart. And the the midfielders and the halfbackers need to use his opponent at every opportunity to not let him have that long leg rope, uh, which he is so good at reading the play and using. Mm. Uh, and a bit of a Smokey who I think is in good form and gets under the skin of the opposition, and that's Jack Ginevan. So we obviously oh, yeah. know he can kick goals, but I was more impressed in the last couple of weeks with his goal assist. He's having high goal assist numbers. He's forward 50 pressure in terms of chasing, tackles, harassing the the oppo. And he had, does have that bit of X factor, doesn't he? Yeah. So I just think Ginevan can pop up and... You won't have as much focus on him, I don't mm. think. And I reckon he's he's played himself into form after getting back into this Collingwood side, and he's the sort of player that could just step up and loves the big stage, loves, loves the big occasion.
3: Yeah, he's a real barometer and really gets the Collingwood faithful going, and he just loves it. He, was put under pressure for his lack of tack. Like last year, he got 40 odd goals, which is incredible. Uh, Not many tackles for the whole year though. So Craig McRae's put it on him for that defensive pressure to rise up a bit. And yeah, I have to agree with you. He's primed. For
0: For Brisbane, I've gone another key defender and this is probably the hardest, the hardest team to pick their most important player with Lockie Neal. Mm. Uh, McCluggage is is very important as well. Joe Danaher, but I've gone with Harris Andrews a a little bit similar to, to Darcy Moore. Doesn't, give a, a, a huge leg rope like like Moore does, but in terms of the intercept player, the, the rock in defence, mm. he is an absolute key for the Lions. And for their smoky player, I've got Cam Rayner. So Ooh. doesn't need a lot of touches to have a yeah. huge impact on the game.
3: Huge X factor.
0: You know, if he has 10 to 15 touches, they're all hitting a target and he's hitting the scoreboard, having high score involvement. So... Plays a lot taller than he is as well. So yeah. he can jump and, and catch, a, catch a high ball, which makes him extremely difficult to match up on. And I reckon he can have a big say, especially if the if the Lions can can have two or they'll get one home final. If they win mm. against Port Adelaide, they'll get a second preliminary final at home. And that's just a, a big advantage for them. So yeah. my two from Brisbane.
3: Cam Rayner, they call him Pumba because he's actually a big, powerful, powerful unit. And just watching their last game of the season – he was on fire. He, he's a game-breaker. For
0: Port Adelaide, uh, toss of the coin, Zach Butters, Connor rosy. I've landed with Zach Butters. Uh, mm. He's obviously had an amazing year. First time All-Australian. He is no doubt really ready for a big finals campaign. And there's a few in the mix here for, for the pop-up. Uh, surprise packet for the, the mm. final series. Jason Hall-Francis, I think if he, he's been... Good this year. He's been very good. He's, I think he's taking his game to another level. He just needs to get more ball. I mm. think he can win more footy. But the, the one that sticks out for me, and the one that when I've watched him live, he's had a significant impact on this group, and it's Scott Leiset. So he's coming really? back from injury. It, obviously, not a lot in terms of touches and that sort of thing, but the the delivery he gives your butters, your Rosies, your Jason on Francis, your Ollie wines. When he's in there, everything just looks a lot more organised and controlled in and around the stoppages. We know the finals are a stoppage game, contested game. Yep. I feel if he, him with his leadership are in and around the stoppages can have a big say in this final series.
3: Yeah, he hasn't had the greatest year, Scotty Lysent, but he will be under a lot of pressure to perform uh, for Port Adelaide and give them first use.
0: For the Ds, uh, no... Oh, there's a, they've got a couple of important players, but Max <laughs> Gorn, the skipper. Yep. You go straight to the top, we know... He's had you know, 25 touches, multiple goals in games this year. No one can go with him when when he's playing like that. So he's going to have to have a huge final series mm. for Melbourne to go all the way this year. No surprise there. And my surprise packet who can have a big final series is Kaziah Pickett. Just pure X-factor. Yeah. He He's actually got quite a big tank. He's lightning quick as that half forward can get right up the ground, rip back, and once – if he gets goal-side here – there is no catching him. So, obviously, chase, uh, tackle pressure in the Ford 50, can hit the scoreboard, can have a, a big say in this final series.
3: Yeah, huge amount of X factor there from Kasai Pickett. It'll, it'll still be interesting to see how they shape up that forward line. Melbourne with uh, Grundy out. Uh,
0: Carlton, Charlie Curnow, obviously the Colburn medalist, back-to-back Colburn medalist. Uh, he's an extremely tough matchup. Mm. Uh, once he hits the ground, he's like a midfielder. So Charlie Kerno is the most important player for Carlton, and I've got two here. Paddy Dow, I think, obviously was okay. On, this on is the, the fringe, rogue one. Has been on the fringe for a couple of years. Has played some good footy since he's been in the side, and it's just got a bit of X-factor about him as well. Very clean, uses the ball extremely well, and I think he cemented himself in this side, uh, which will be which will be next week against Sydney. So um, he's certainly one to watch.
3: He's really turned his fortunes around late in the year once he got to go, Paddy Dow. And he's got a bit of that speed as well, which is a point of difference for the Blues.
0: For the Saints, I've got Max King, rested in round 24. So he'll be coming in to this one, elimination final, nice and fresh. He needs to... Play like a big man, take big pack marks, kick goals, and the Saints are certainly a chance against the Giants. Yep. And my surprise packet is South Australia's Matisse Philippou. Really? So that hybrid half forward, a bit like the Cam Rainer type. Can, yeah. Can play a bit taller than he is, can, get, can go in around, you around know, stoppages, get busy, rip back forward, and, and can kick, kick goals, hit the scoreboard. So I think as a young player, he'll be, uh, he'll be looking forward to having a, a big series.
3: Very young is Mateus He'll, uh, Yeah, I'd be surprised. I have to disagree with you on that one. I'd be surprised if he did anything.
0: GWS, Toby (laughs) Green, obviously the All-Australian captain. What an outstanding year he's had. We know his leadership has gone through the roof in the last couple of years. Continuously kicks goals, continuously just plays at a high level and he has been a, a huge factor in GWS's winning run in the second half of the year. And I've got... This is a one a little bit low field. <laughs> They're Ruckman Briggs. Oh so yeah. Not, no, I like obviously it. not the most talented player getting around, but I think just with the caliber they've got in and around the ball, Cornelio, mm. Kelly, Whitfield, when he's when he's running off half back, um, green, if he can just give them first look, give them first first crack at the footy, that'll that'll allow them to yep. to, you know, surge the ball forward and run in waves like we know the Giants can do. And then for Sydney, Isaac Heaney.
3: Yep, that's a straightforward one. the
0: most important player. We know Errol Goulden, uh, Blakey's had a, a really good year, but I think Heaney is the most important player. Yet to do it, I think, consistently in big games, mm. in big games finals or even just big blockbuster games during the year. So it's prime for Heaney to to really step up and, and show us what the, you know, the calibre of player that he, that he is. And for Sydney, the surprise packet, Hayden McLean, their key forward. Obviously, nobody okay. in the finals like this year, if he can stand up, be uh, be the target down there, he can have a say in what Sydney do this this final series.
3: Okay. Very interesting. Very comprehensive, Gibber. Did he miss anything that you guys are thinking? 0427, 154, Who are the most in players, important players who are going to bob up for you? Um, yeah, you're right about Kieran Briggs. He's... So big and aggressive, and uh, they're calling him uh, Mummy Mark Two, the second coming of Mumford. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, Gibber. Now, you've got my uh, creative juices flowing because there is always a rogue player who bobs up in the finals. So up next, we're going to take a walk down memory lane and look at some of those players who you might not even remember had big final series because anything can happen. It's currently three minutes past nine. Time for the news.
2: This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon.
3: Yeah, so good to have your company this morning on this second day of spring, second of September finals bye week. So it's time to get excited about uh, what's head, But Gibber, you were just talking about the guys who are most likely to uh, pop up and have a good final series and also the sort of the rogue ones, who you would least expect. And I thought, what an opportunity to have a look back through history. Uh, The finals can throw up anything. Uh, And often there is a player who will bob up who you least expect. So the first one I've got, and let me know on 0427 154 if I'm wrong. First, what memory I have here. Now, you remember Shane Ellen?
0: I do remember Shane Ellen.
3: Having played only 38 games so far in his career... All as a defender, Shane Ellen was the least likely person that we would see kick five majors on grand final day. But Tony Modra was injured and Blighty needed to chuck the magnets around and needed a solution up forward. So he chucked Shane and Ellen up there. From the start, he kicked two in the first half of that 97 grand final against the Saints, but more importantly, three in the second half. And this is just to remind you.
2: He's got a shot from 35 metres to uh, put the crows. on. Three career goals in 38 games. It's good, it's through, it's good
3: now. With Modra being injured, I was just looking
2: around the structure of the team and I was keen to get Nigel Smart up forward, but I'd watched
0: him at full forward the week before when Modra went off and it just didn't quite go. He's more of a free spirit than that.
2: And to get that extra height, you know, change six foot three or whatever, and I was just so pleased for him and he, he got a couple early now. You know, we had to move him back in the end
1: because of the structure of the team. We had some injuries, but it, I was so pleased for him.
3: You remember that day, Gibber? Where, I, where were you?
0: No, it was just at a friend's barbecue, watching yeah. the Crows get it done that day. Uh, the Messiah just uh, picking yeah. the right option. Went Nigel Smart, nah, you were a dud last week mm. at full forward. Yeah. We're going to sh- chuck, uh, change it up. And to only have three career goals to that point. Yeah. You go. Oh, is it going to work? But and on it's grand to risk it on, on grand final Finder. day. Well, there's no no tomorrow. So yeah. Sometimes you just got to make the calls.
3: Yep, bloody famous for his lateral thinking. Okay, my number two on the list of rogue finals performances. Mason Cox going into the 2018 prelim finals. Uh, Collingwood were uh, Richmond were fresh off a of flag in 2017, but Collingwood surprised them on the night, and after doing pretty much bugger all for the entire year, the big Americano. Mason Cox was marking them everywhere. Do you remember this game, Gibber?
0: I do. Was it was the second or third quarter. He just tore it to shreds. He just tore it to shreds
3: and he brought a bit of that American arrogance, swagger, wasn't that yeah. swagger from the NFL.
1: A ball meant for Cox and it finds him and that's a big confidence booster for Mason Cox. If you look, Cox again. What about that? Oh, he good. turned it. Straight into the waiting arms of Toulon. Cox is the biggest man there. In he comes from 30. Oh boy. Oh
2: boy. It's a 29 point lead. They're just running with so Adam. Cox again. Oh, he's getting better. Oh, he's it's getting, getting bigger and better. Can he do it again?
3: You betcha. <laughs> Do you get feelings when you hear Bruce's no, voice? We,
0: we love Bruce. There's no doubt about that. But, Tom, to be fair, I think he he should be in their best 22 in the next couple of weeks for that yeah. exact reason. He's still – we know how long he is mm. and his reach. Not many defenders, when he's jumping at the ball, taking it at the highest point, can actually stop it. And mm. he's a, quite a straight set shot at goal. So I'd be having him – I know he's played it as the sub – couple of times, whether that's the right option or not. yeah, not sure whether you start him, knowing that you can sub him out a bit later in the game. But I think he's still got a bit of that X factor that can, can do it again in this final series, even.
3: Yeah, he certainly showed his worth. When he came on as sub uh, in the last round, he was phenomenal for the Pies. So, yeah, I see him as an important cog, and that's why Craig McRae decided to keep him round. Now, number three, this is three of my four choices here of the Rogue Finals performance. Liam Picken was pretty much known as a tagger for the doggies. A decent role player. But on grand final day 2016, he put his head in the trough and uh, towed up Luke Parker while he got 25 lazy touches himself. His final series actually as a whole was quite magnificent. Dullhouse to Daniel to Stringer. Gives
2: Picken a charge. It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years.
3: Yeah, so that was that uh, drought-breaking grand final from Pickin. How did you see him as a player? You probably played on him a couple of times.
0: Uh, just as honest as they come. You yeah. just knew what you were going to get. Obviously, a role player and just was really diligent in whatever task mm. he was handed, whether that was tagging through the midfield, playing as a, a pressure forward, um, doing a negating job on a, on a dangerous halfback, whatever it may be. You just know he'd give it all, um, you know, Didn't need to have much of the ball, but um, would just fight and scrag and, and do anything for a win for his team.
3: Yep. My final nomination here. Now, who can forget? Stewie Jew's 2008 Grand Final. People forget this, but Stewie Jew was not even playing footy at any level in the 2007 season. He was planning to play for Central Districts in 08, and then Alistair Clarkson told him to enter the 2007 draft. Hawthorne pick him up at pick 45. And again, he did sweet FA through the whole home and away season. Not much at all. He, he was probably putting on a little bit of puppy fat by this point as well, Stewie too. <laughs> and then he bobs up against the Cats in the 2008 grand final where the Hawthorne were outsiders for this game. Time, People for, forget. And uh, it was a massive second half for Stewie Jew with his booming left foot and uh, kicked a couple of goals to spark the Hawks. Surrounded by Strong tackle got him down by Bateman. Hodge. Drew gets the goal. Franklin.
2: Still with Buddy. Well done, Scarlett. Still with Franklin though. Now Drew could kick
3: this and he has. Our beloved Bruce doing it again. So those are my nominations for uh, Rogue Finals performances throughout history, Gibber. If I've got any, if there are any I've missed, 0427 let us know. Uh, Gibber, and an honourable mention to Paul Chapman because late in his career, he was, wasn't was doing a lot through the season, but would always perform come finals. Yep, yeah,
0: Norm Smith, medalist as well. Chappy, uh, Tom Boyd popped up in that Uh, that Liam Picking game as well, that Doggies grand final. Obviously, they gave a lot to get him, and they only needed him to play well in one game, and that was that grand final.
3: Yeah, those millions uh, came to fruition for the Doggies in that year. So those are my nominations. Bryce, coming up next, your favourite segment is question time. I'm going to be putting you under the pump. And also, Crows fans, we're going to be reviewing the Crows season as a whole, where they won, where they lost, where they can improve for next year and also all the latest in the trade and free agency space. It's currently 30 minutes past nine. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, top of the morning to you. It's that weird week in between uh, the home and away season and finals during the finals by. So we've got you covered though. We are previewing all the finals up ahead and we've got a comprehensive sports wrap on everything that's happened overnight in the uh, T20 uh, Rugby World Cup and of course the basketball. But right now, it's time for this.
2: I asked the Prime Minister, if you are
0: so confident about your view of fight back, why won't you call an early election? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The, the answer is, mate, mate, because I want the to
3: do you slowly. Yes, yeah, a bit of a old... Ca- you know, I went to Canberra this week, Gibber, speaking of politicians. Ah, how was that? What did you say? Um, I stayed at the Crown Hotel, which was very lavish. I was sent up there for work, a different type of work. And um, it was actually a fascinating trip up there. You know, they've got Old Parliament House. I'll tell you an interesting fact. At Old Parliament House, the former Prime Minister, Bob Hawke, had a peephole that went into his office so that his staffers could peep into his office and he'd just give them a, a signal that he needed the person who he's in meeting with to just get out, and they'd be able to come and save him from long meetings. Yeah, right. Uh, and that wasn't the only um, type of hole we saw in Parliament House that Bob Hawke had set up around the uh, the premises. He was a different cat, Bob Hawke. Uh, You've got to love those those videos of him uh, sculling a beer all at once. But question time, Gibbon. So here we go. If you're Adelaide's list manager this off-season, which issue is more pressing to you? Prioritising a key defender to uh, take cover for Nick Murray and uh, you know Tom Durday's injuries, or is it a mid who can complement the other types of mids that Adelaide already has?
0: I think I think it's the defence. Yeah. Yeah. Prioritising over a mid. I think they've got enough classy mids what? in there in their kit bag at the moment, obviously Harry, Harry Schoenberg going down mm. is a, a little bit disappointing. He's going to miss the next 12 months, but I think
3: Shou- Harry Schoenberg,
0: Harry Schoenberg, where have you been? I missed that. Yeah, did his Achilles in the last, uh, last game of the year, Tom. So surgery oh. uh, requires surgery. We'll miss 12 months, but to get back to your point.
3: Wow. I've really had my head in the sand, haven't I? You've
0: been to, looking through <laughs> peepholes at, uh, at, Parliament at Parliament House.
3: House yeah. <laughs>
0: Key defender stocks. Yeah. They've done extremely well with what they've had and we've seen Keane come up. We've seen Borlase come up, play some really good footy and, mm. and really held their own. But you were to think if they were to go down, who's next? They're gonna have they'd have to try and, you know, play some guys, certainly out of position. So they're gonna have to go and maybe get creative at, at the trade table. Um free agency um, Brandon Th- uh, Zerk Thatcher's been names been thrown around you mm. know Radigal has been linked to Port Adelaide and and Sydney so yeah. uh, do they go I think they need to go and get a, another key defender to help the likes of Murray but uh, give them a bit more depth in that in that spot
3: yeah, both Port and the Crows have heavily been linked to Brandon Zirk Thatcher, who I guess he's, a, he's an all-right player. I guess he can perform a role. Now, next question. Port have sputtered towards the end of the season, but finals are a new season unto itself, as we know. There are a couple of uh, important players for Port who I reckon are just a bit out of form, namely Todd Marshall. Port need him to deliver. If you're a teammate of Todd Marshall's, What are you telling him ahead of their clash with Brisbane to just, you know, help him get in the right state of mind for this?
0: Yeah, well, there's every chance he's going to be the man down there. As you said, if Mm. Charlie Dixon doesn't get back from this uh, niggling injury that he's had leading into the final series, I don't know. it, It depends what sort of person he is. Some guys react to, you know, challenging them and really hard, like a bit of a spray, like get up mm, in yep. their face, um, you know, firing them up that way. Or other guys need a bit of a cuddle, need a bit of a, you know, hand round you, more positive affirmation. Yeah. Um, and they, they respond in that way. So, I mean, it depends what sort of person he is. But I would just be telling him, I'm every time I get the ball, I'm going to kick it to you. So be ready. Like, burn your toes. Yeah. Whether lead at me or double back. Towards uh, the goal square, I'll put it out in, in space and you can run and jump in it. But every time I've got my I've got the bomb running inside the, the Ford fifty, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you and just sort of
3: okay. praise Get him, him ready to
0: say how important he will be for Port Adelaide in this final
3: series. I like it. Undoubtedly, uh, Ken Hinckley, who is a master with this sort of stuff, he will have something Specific to uh, ramp Todd Marshall up before that game. Next question: Darcy Parish has just signed on for another five years at Essendon on a reportedly around seven hundred k plus per year. Where does he sit for you among the game's best midfielders? Is he in the same conversation as Butters and the Bont or Oliver? Or you know, it's an interesting one because Parish is a very very good player.
0: He is. the The short answer is n- no. I don't think he's not Mm. at the level as, as the top grade midfielders. still a very good player. And and he's teased this at times with some of his performances and, and an impact that he's had on games. Some of, some of his disposal has been questioned. He gets a bit of sideways Mm. ball, you know, a lot of one twos uh, doesn't, isn't quite damaging enough with his possession, but accumulators in the game can get tagged with that sort of, that sort of, yeah as a critic that's, that's what you yeah. can get tagged with yeah but yeah Matty Crouch I think I think he's got the capabilities of being an A grader but I don't think he's there yet he's just signed a 5 year deal yeah. obviously going to be a, an M player for life so he he's probably underachieved this year for the the high expectations that we
3: have for him Yeah he was uh, incredible last year Lots uh, of more Darcy Parish to come for Essendon fans. They'll be relieved to get him locked away. Okay, Gibber, it's the bye weekend. People are looking for something to watch on TV or a movie. Uh, what are you watching at the moment? Or what have you been watching lately that you can recommend?
0: I have started re-watching the, the 007 movies randomly. Right. Yeah, so... I watched okay uh, with um
3: Pierce Brosnan.
0: I start. I watched Goldeneye, 007, Yeah. Just randomly, and then I've uh, I've got a bit of interest in it, so I'm okay. like I'm going to go back and, and watch a few. So I'm, I've actually so I jumped from the, the Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan, yeah. And I've uh, I started with the the latest one, so the, okay. the, Daniel, Craig. the Daniel Craig. I've sort Craig, of yep. watched them all at different stages, but I uh, started with the Casino Royale. Yeah. Last week. And, uh, Is Money uh,
3: Penny in that one?
0: Money Penny's in.
3: In all of them. I think so. Yeah. You, you don't I, have... Um, maybe she's not. Some of those main characters from the 70s. Yeah. That, was yeah. it Pussy Galore or... what
0: Octopus. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> those characters a, yeah. have gone missing.
0: So halfway <laughs> through uh, Quantum of Solace. At the okay. Moment. So uh, just going to watch them in order this time. Nice. Sort of randomly
3: you know when you're a kid so you remember watching you know the pierce bosom ones when you're young has it aged well or not quite as well as you'd hoped
0: no nah, they, they certainly were bigger and better back in the day
1: weren't
3: they? <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's sort of like a comfort movie you know people yep. watch things just to feel comfortable uh you might watch a repeat of something that's why people do it very good Gibber. that's question time for today We're going to get to a quick break. Uh, After 9.30, we're talking to Sandful, Head of uh, Operations, Sean Toohey. He's going to fill us in on everything Sandville are doing this weekend.
2: City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is
3: Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, uh, the people you meet, Bryce Gibbs. We have met a number of interesting people doing this show and we love all of your texts that you're sending in. We'll get to them as soon as we can. But Gibber, it's 9.30. Up next, though, so we're touching in with Sean Tui, SA operations boss, about everything Sandful Finals for the kids, for the family. It's going to be great, perfect time to get involved while the AFL is on a bye weekend. And then a little later, we're delving into the year that was for the Adelaide Crows and previewing all the finals matches. Up ahead, it's 9.30 and it's time for the news. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yeah, it's a lovely springtime top of 22 degrees today. Spring has officially sprung. And we are loving it. It's finals time, but with the AFL on a bye weekend, there's no better time to get excited about the SNFL finals, which have begun. We've got the SNFL head of football operations, Sean Tui on the line to walk us through what lies ahead for the top five teams. Uh, good morning, Sean. What are you up to this morning?
1: Morning, Jets. Actually just out enjoying the sunshine at the moment and lapping up this finals tight weather before our mm. Our big day tomorrow and we've actually got some um, some reserves and under 16s and under 18s finals today which Bryce would be well aware of down at Norlunga, a triple header down there so it um, should be a great weekend of footy.
0: I certainly do Sean, I'm actually the runner for the under 18s today so uh-huh. looking forward to uh, having a run around at Norlunga today. Uh, before we get on to some finals talk, uh, how have you seen the year mate? It's obviously been a, a pretty competitive one in terms of win losses and it's Come down to the essentially the last round to see who was making the finals. Were you happy with uh, how the season played out?
1: Yeah, I am. It's been it hasn't been without its challenges at times, you know, with, with weather and conditions and the impact on grounds, which which I know you guys have felt at a couple of different grounds and even down to longer late in the year. But um, I think the competitiveness across the board has been unbelievable, you know. So I think with maybe four or five weeks to go, nearly every team was still mathematically a chance to make finals and. Um, that's quite incredible. And, you know, I think our, our margins in our games have, have shrunk considerably. So, you know, that's, that's a great sign of the competitiveness of the competition. And to think that the only two teams from last year's top five that aren't sort of in that five again is the grand final teams is quite amazing. So, um, yeah, I think the competition's in a really good place and, um yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the next month.
3: And just looking back on, on attendances, how have they been for Sample footy this year? Are you happy with the numbers?
1: Yeah, they're up about 10% on last year, which is a really good move in the right direction. So um, to average, you know, over 2,100 compared when we had, you know, approximately 1,900 last year, I think is really good. And and again, that's been challenging with some conditions, you know, you get through the winter grind and, um, you know, it's it's harder to get people out to the footy, but our supporters keep turning up and they, they seem to be coming back to sample footy more and more and We've just got to make sure we keep scheduling games to, that allow for that when, when we consider, you know, AFL games at Adelaide Oval and community footy and everything else going on. So, now we're really happy with how that's trending.
0: So the finals campaign kicks off tomorrow. Uh, and we know the Sandful have done a fantastic job uh, over the year in making you know, the games really kid-friendly and family-friendly and with all the, the super matches and, and activations that have been happening in and around the, the local grounds. Um, can you tell us about what we can expect uh, for people that are keen to head along and, and have a look tomorrow at, uh, at Adelaide Oval?
1: Yeah, I think you can expect pretty much everything that happens at a super match during the year, you can expect to happen at Adelaide Oval, but on, on steroids a little bit. Um, we've got a lot more to play with as far as space and facilities um, obviously tomorrow being Father's Day, you know, we've got plenty happening for all the dads and some really good competitions that, that um, you know, will allow a few dads to get out in the oval and have a kick for gold for some prizes and um, you know, get out in the hello turf and enjoy that sort of, you know, once in a lifetime experience for some people. So um, you know, there'll be dad cams in the crowd, you know, so we're really encouraging families to come along and bring dad and treat him to a, a day at the footy if that's what he loves. And um, you know, the weather's gonna be perfect, so uh, it's all happening, and um, that'll only build, you know, into Grand Final Day, which will be, which will be, you know, all sorts of activities happening here and, and events, and um, yeah, we can't wait.
3: Yeah, nice. We've got Central v Port tomorrow around midday, and then Sturt take on Adelaide from 3:15 p.m. in the afternoon. Glenelg have gone. Rightfully so. Straight through to the semi-finals, the Bays have been pretty dominant this year. Hence, why they're straight through. Who do you see as their main contenders from your perspective?
1: It's a really, really hard question to answer. I guess I think it's wide open. Um, you know, obviously, Port are quite dependent on what happens with their AFL side and you know the selections there and and the health of their list. Um, and the Crows have obviously qualified a certain amount of players throughout the year under our rules, but have their uh, injury challenges as well. So um, I think for those guys, those two teams, that, that depends a lot on the health of their, their players. And then Central um, has shown how competitive they are all year. So it could be a real opportunity for them. They obviously knocked Port off last week. Um, they get them again. Um, they play a really competitive brand of footy that, that is hard to, I suppose, break, break, them out, um, break them open in a game so they never go away. And then Sturt have been pretty consistent all year, maybe had a little bit of a lull towards the end of the year, but then returned to some really solid form against North Adelaide last week. So it's super open. Um, I think, uh, you know, as long as we get good crowds and everyone enjoying the footy and really competitive games, and uh, if we can end up with a grand final similar to last year, I think that'll make us all happy at the sample.
3: Yep. Now, unfortunately for Bryce and his Panthers, it wasn't their year, but every cloud has a silver lining because we got to see Bryce execute a 1980s-style drop kick uh, near the end of the game last weekend. And although it wasn't perfect, it was riveting. Did you see it? And would you like to see more drop kicks executed throughout the SANFL?
1: Oh, was at that game. I did see I thought Bryce had lost his mind for a split second there. What the hell are he doing here with them? Then I cottoned onto it, um, to, but I, I don't think I want to see too much of that. But I, I love, <laughs> I love the nostalgia in what he did. Uh, you know, a bit of a nod to his old man. I heard him talk about a post game, and um, I thought it was brilliant. You know, like there was obviously the game was was done for, as a, from a result perspective, but to actually to actually do something like that and have a nice little moment for for Bryce and his dad, um, especially with Father's Day coming up, I thought it was fantastic. So really well done.
3: Excellent Father's Day gift giver, uh, Sean. Thank you for your time this morning. It's uh, an exciting couple of days ahead for the SCNFL because exciting few weeks ahead, in actual fact.
1: Yeah, massive few weeks, and um, you know we're we're super pumped. Like I said, if I can get if I can get twenty four and sunny every Sunday for the next four weeks, we'll be happy. But appreciate SCN support as always. You guys will be covering it uh, really, really well over the over the final series, and um, just want to say congratulations to Bryce on his career also and thanks for coming back and giving to the sample over the last few years. It's really important, so uh, much appreciated.
0: Thanks, Sean. Appreciate the, the words.
3: That's uh, Sean Toohey there, SANFL's footy boss, uh, head of operations, walking us through what lies ahead for them. it and a great weekend for the family. Father's Day, I anticipate they should get some numbers down to Adelaide Oval tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it, it is a good feeling, a good vibe and uh, plenty of activations, as Sean said, for the kids and they run a They have a good time, and to spend a bit of time on Adelaide Oval uh, at the end of the day, once the games are done, um, that's the best part about it: kicking the footy on uh, mm. on the on the halo turf. So, a couple of big uh, big games tomorrow, and over the next couple of weeks, and, and as Sean said, we'll be covered by. Uh, Um, I'll be doing a couple of the games, some special comms with Paul Bonza. So certainly looking forward to that.
3: Yep, that's uh, Sean Toohey from the Sample running us through that. We've got to get to a break, Gibber, because up next, we are casting our net far and wide. All the sporting news that has happened overnight in the NRL, EPO, of course, Australia's uh, loss in the Basketball World Cup and the 2020 Plenty to get through. So that's up next. It's currently 942 this is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyons. Yes, thank you for your text on double six Gibber, we were talking about Australia's exodus out of the basketball world cup and off the hands of Luka Doncic who plays for
0: Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. That's uh, but right. it wasn't him though that dominated actually yeah. in the game. It was his actually lesser known Slovenian teammates who delivered yeah. the knockout blow to uh to the boomers world cup campaign so they go down 91 to 80. Uh, they obviously lost yeah uh, in the first round to germany which meant uh, the olympic bronze medalists we were from Mm. from last 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 world cup or sorry from the olympics um they needed to win against slovenia and georgia uh, on sunday to progress to the quarterfinals uh, Josh Giddy, 25 points, eight rebounds, did his best. But, uh, yeah, they, they got back within about four points in the last quarter. But then uh, they couldn't stop the Slovenians going on a, on a pretty, pretty good run to finish the game. And that's uh, our World Cup done. hopes done and dusted.
3: Yeah, they'll be disappointed, the Aussies. Uh, you mentioned Doncic as the best player in the world earlier. And someone has texted in Jokic. Uh, bid and Giannis might argue with that.
0: Yeah, throw a blanket over who is the best in the world with those four names, but I think Luka Jancic, he'll, he'll win the MVP this year. Yeah. NBA. He's an absolute star.
3: No doubt. And AFLW season is underway and a third-term masterclass from Melbourne has seen the rating premier sail away to a 42-point win over Collingwood at Icon Park last night as the AFLW season kicks off. We've also got... Uh, First up, the Crows and Port Adelaide girls coming up against each other. So uh, I hope that this one's a, a closer contest than they had last year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Tom. And it's shaving up to be an intriguing season, isn't it? I think it's season number yeah. eight for, yep. for the, the AFLW. So uh, watch bits and pieces of it over the, the last uh, couple of nights. And yeah. They look fit and firm and ready to go, the girls.
3: Yep, hopefully Erin's body uh, holds up for the Port girls. I know she can get a little bit sore from time to time, going on 38 years old now. So uh, it's an amazing feat that she's still going, but hopefully she can have some bursts through the midfield there and and get Port going. And for the Crows, uh, Ebony Marinoff and Anne Hatchard still ranked within the top. Few players in the whole comp, so quite lucky to have those two. Yeah, team. they're
0: coming into their prime. Or well, they're probably Absolute not even prime. in their prime yet of their career. They're still pretty young, so yeah, plenty of good years left for those two for the Adelaide Crows.
3: Yeah, so in NRL news, South Sydney has slid out of finals contention after going down to the Sydney Roosters 26-12 last night. The loss will see the Rabbitohs. Miss the finals for the first time in six seasons. The Roosters, who have won their final five games of the season to keep their finals hopes alive, need Cronulla to beat Canberra today to confirm their spot in the top eight and complete a miraculous recovery of their season, which looked dead and buried six weeks ago, Gibber. And I'll jump into this one. You can tell me uh, what this means. Liverpool have rejected a $293 million offer for Mohammed Saleh from Saudi Arabia Pro League side, how do you pronounce that? Elitsi Had. Elitsi Had. Saleh has been the subject of interest from the Middle East for some time, and the PA news agency understands a verbal offer was made on Friday. However, the club have rejected it out of hand, and consider the matter closed as the Ford is not for sale. Tell us what that means, Bryce.
0: It's pretty crazy to think that a team is happy to. Spend 293 million on a transfer fee for a player, and we've seen yeah. this Saudi league, you know, take over in in recent months. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo was the the first biggest name to, to head over and, and play over there, and since then, many a good players have followed him and taking the absolute buckets bucket load of cash on offering for for these players. So it, it is. It's still, it's it's hard because it's hard to say no to, to what is a, a lot of money. But yeah. obviously the leagues, a watered down league, and obviously not as strong as as you know a lot of the the European leagues that are that are running at the moment. But uh, big names continually head over that way, and, and Liverpool it's pretty ballsy by Liverpool to say nah, we're we're not well, he's not for sale for one. So that's either going to just drive his price up even more yeah. and and they'll be getting even bigger offers or there is obviously a pretty important player for Liverpool and what they want to do yeah. going forward. So uh, I'd like to see him stay. Mohamed Salah, uh, he's one of my favourite players. So we'll see how that plays out.
3: Yeah. It's um, a fascinating space, the player movement when it comes to soccer. And now for us who are not following the world game as closely – who does Me- I saw Messi running out for a side in America. Is that correct? He's, he's taking the money over there?
0: So he's playing for Inter Miami, who okay. was founded by David Beckham. So right. he, he started up uh, the club uh, this year, and they were horrible. They haven't won many games, probably down the bottom of the ladder. And since Messi's come in... They've just gone on a, a winning streak. Rampage. He's sc- he's scoring in every game, setting up goals. Uh, they won uh, an interleague competition, so have already won a tr- yep. He's already won a trophy since being there. So wherever Messi goes, trophies follow him. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, he's an amazing player as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely incredible. And uh, the US are really uh, soccer is such a fast growing sport in the US. Um, moving on to tennis now defending champion Carlos Alcaraz has breezed into the third round of the US Open with another straight set win South African Lloyd Harris gave Alcaraz a a test in the third set but the seemingly unstoppable force still registered a 6-3, 6-1, 7-6, 7-4 win the world number three and 2021 champion Daniel Medvedev recorded his 250th win on the hard courts after securing a late-night 6-2, 6-2, 6-7, 6-8, 6-2 victory. God, that's a massive game. (laughs) Christ almighty. Uh, Over Australia's Chris O'Connell. Australian Alex Demonor, the 13th seed, demolished China's Yibling Wu at 6-1, 6-2, 6-1 with fellow Aussie uh, Rinky Hajika. Ashikita, how do you pronounce that, Kiba? Yep, don't know. currently leading Zhang from China two sets to love actually. We'll look at that because that score may have been updated in the last little while but Gibber, anything else from you or shall we move on to trade and free agency news? Yeah, let's do that Tom. Okay, so we've got a bit of time here so what fascinates me every time this period comes around each season is there's more and more excitement from the fans. They clearly love it. SEN does trade radio as well every year so footy fans uh, footy fans can't get enough of the list management wheeling and dealing uh, side of things and how they can make their club better. Now, from a Port Adelaide perspective, they are absolutely up to their eyeballs in this period. Uh, firstly, looking for Osava Radiglia, uh, Radigalia. Port are leading the charge for him, but Hawthorne are also uh, wanting. They've both sides, it's come out that they've offered five-year deals which uh, may be too good to refuse. Is he worth a five-year deal with Sava?
0: Probably not, to be honest. But mm. when someone's in high demand in the position that they play, this is what happens. It's who can give the yeah. most enti- enticing offer, and you, you do see it from time to time with with certain players. Uh, one that comes to mind: Jared Pollock had a yeah. had a good year or two. Might have even had a good half a season <laughs> at yeah. Port Adelaide, and. Uh, running wingers, you know, halfbackers were in demand at yeah. that point in time. He come out of contract in, in the right time and got, you know, a five-year deal on reportedly was a lot of money. Mm. He obviously didn't go on to, to have the career uh, or the years that, that, that offer probably deserves um, and finds himself out of the system pretty quickly. But uh, unfortunately or fortunately for Asava Asava Radagalia um, and players do get criticised for this a lot. For the deals they take. For the deals they take. But at the end of the day, it's not the player's fault. If if your manager can go Mm. and get you a five-year deal that's overs and a club's willing to pay overs to get you, well, you're not going to say no, are you? Oh, actually I'm not worth that much. I think you should maybe only give me two years at, you know, and and a (laughs) hundred thousand dollars less than what you're offering me. Of course you're not going to say that. So, uh, we know he's, his name was in and amongst, uh, the Mm. trade period last year, Geelong stick stuck firm. And, they kept him, uh, but, yeah, he'll be in demand again this, this off-season.
3: Yeah, and it looks like Geelong are reticent to deal with Port Adelaide because Port don't have much trade capital. They've got a couple of draft picks next year. Uh, where they want to, And Geelong are looking for a first-round pick for him, so, which is obviously overs, but it's a seller's market when it comes to those key position types. Another key position type that Port Adelaide and the Crows are looking at. Now, I, I don't know much about this guy, but Brandon Zirk Thatcher – both Port and the Crows have come to the party with uh, Nick Murray and Jordan Butts and Dode out for next year for the Crows, most likely. They need some depth back there. He's not a star, but he's 25 and can hold down one of the big boys. What, what are your views on Zerk Thatcher?
0: Yeah, I think he would fit into <laughs> to either side. Um, Adelaide, I think, probably need to to go a little bit harder at him just to, mm. just to give him a bit of... A bit of depth in that spot. I mean, he, he's not going to be the the difference. Although we've seen, well, what we've seen with Keane and Borlace and and even Murray, these guys that uh, they probably didn't think might not be able to hold the spot down. They've given them an opportunity, and how good have they been, really? Yeah. So, um, Brandon Zirk Thatcher might just need that opportunity to play consistent footy in the senior side. You know, new coach, new environment. He might take his game to another level. But, uh, yeah, he's certainly one that would fit into either side.
3: Yeah, the big fish has been Brody Gun- Grundy. And as a fait accompli, he's he's definitely out the door at Melbourne. It's just a matter of where. There are multiple reports saying he's already met with Port and Ken Hinckley yesterday. Port Adelaide are going to throw the kitchen sink at this one. But Sydney are also sniffing around. Now, he's 29 years old. Some people say that's getting on. But we often forget that rucks and key defenders – Play their best football between the ages of sort of 28 and 33. This is according to Alistair Clarkson. So he's got a, a lot of good footy ahead of him, Grundy.
0: Well, there's no doubt he's still got a couple of good years left. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a lock. And I mean, uh, he's from South Australia. You would think he would prefer coming here than going to Sydney. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be you're going to get him a pretty good price, really, if you there's a chance that three clubs will be paying his wage next year. Yeah. And Port, Port met with him last year. I think it was only via Zoom. So they've taken yeah. it to another level, they met in person by all reports. So, obviously, Lysette slowing down uh, with, with his niggles, injury niggles mm. still you know has been serviceable and, and I still think he has uh, can have a big say in this final series for Port Adelaide. But, yeah, if, if they could land Brodie Grundy, you imagine – I mean he he's the midfielder that he that he's got to work with at Melbourne yeah is pretty impressive. Hasn't had that opportunity. Imagine him coming over here and, and putting it down the throat of Butters, Rosie, Horn Francis, Ollie Wines. Like yeah. it's it's be a pretty enticing enticing option for him, I think. And obviously they're gonna be in a in a premiership window for the next few years as well. So that's also yeah. No doubt, a little bit of motivation as well.
3: Yeah, he's a two-time All-Australian, so I can see it very much working for him and Port Adelaide. Uh, One more for you, Gibber. Chris Burgess at the Gold Coast. Apparently, the Crows are having a look at him. He's a depth kind of player, 27 years old, but he's scored 51 goals from the 17 games in the VFL up there. So maybe they're looking at him as depth. Last one, Ben Mackay. He's the free agent on the market. Essendon and Sydney are the two front runners for his services. They will need to pay him upwards of 700, 750 to trigger that band one compensation North want, which astoundingly could be a pick three after their pick two. I certainly don't agree with uh, that sort of compensation. is... Um, how, how do you put it? I just think the first round of the draft is sacrosanct. You know, you cannot touch that first round. Uh, I don't mind a compensation outside of that, but I, I don't think it's fair to the other clubs if uh, North are getting a pick three as combo.
0: They're losing a player that, you know, hasn't quite established himself as you know, one Again. of the, the better key defenders in the competition. There's no doubt he's got a lot of scope to get to that level uh, and they're probably paying overs for him as it sits mm. but i mean north melbourne rebuilding side to, to lose guys like this and not if if players continue to leave like this like what do you do then tom if if you're not compensating him with yeah with, high picks like what what does happen then
3: yeah i don't know i think they need to find another way uh, around this uh herbs and spices situation that they come up with these compensation picks for the lower clubs and yeah i just think the first round is sacrosanct maybe i'd be happy fine with a pick 19 or something like that now gibber we got to get to a break it's time for the news up next we are reviewing the adelaide crows here what went right what went wrong and what they're going to do to do a little bit better next year. And we're also previewing the finals up ahead coming up on Thursday. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, good to have your company this morning. It's the top of 22 degrees around Adelaide. Springtime has arrived and uh, that finals feeling has arrived as well. It's the bye weekend of the AFL finals, but we're going to preview what's ahead and how that's going to play out next. But right now, well, it's all finished for the Crows this year. So we're going to conduct a post-season review. They finished 10th on the ladder in what was an exciting yet frustrating year for the fans Uh, to see them mix it with the best sides. uh, But they lost a few close ones. To Collingwood by one and two points, uh, they beat the top four teams uh, Port and Brisbane along the way, but their inconsistency of performance outside the outside of Adelaide Oval is really what costs them a final spot. And most pundits had Adelaide as the side who no one would want to face coming up in the finals. So, uh, look if we just put the whole trauma of the Ben Key's goal debacle aside, Adelaide uh, overall they they're on the up as a team, Gibber. I want to ask for your thoughts. What, what do you reckon works for them this year?
0: Well, let's probably ask the question, did they, they overachieve or they underachieve this year in the eyes of many, Tom? So you, mm. I'll ask you, I'll pose that question to you. Was it uh, a successful year for the Crows or obviously being a kick away from a finals, should, yeah. do you think they wanted more?
3: I think they obviously wanted more themselves, but it was probably a you know on par for what fans were expecting or hoping, or maybe even just slightly above. With um, you know the expectation was they were going to ha- have a run for the eight. Um, not many were expecting them to make it, um, and they did. You know they provided some entertainment entertaining footy throughout the year, their goal is obviously through a development phase to blood some kids, and they, they've blooded a lot of kids, mind you, not not as much through the midfield, but they've definitely taken some steps forward in how they would have liked.
0: I reckon they've overachieved, and yeah. they've exceeded my expectations. I thought it was going to be they, – they weren't going to be down the bottom of the ladder, but I didn't think they would be pushing – for, for a, a final spot like they have, and yeah. we know the ben Keys situation, you know, you know, has cost them a spot. But you think about, as you said, their inconsistencies interstate. That's obviously an issue. That mm. If they're going to be a genuine contender in the coming years, they they need to to fix that, and they need to be just winning games interstate. Not all of them, but you know, majority of them. And the their their games late in a uh, close games late Mm. I think they lost like six games under a kick as well so yeah remarkable there's no doubt they they shot themselves in the foot in terms of if they had have won a couple of those games the season obviously looks a lot different and that they probably do find themselves remarkably playing finals so whether that's uh, something they work on in in the pre-season some Mm. scenario type stuff when when the game's close uh, working on trying to save the game or if they need to score some having some tactics to to make sure they learn from their mistakes so that when they get in that situation again in the next couple of years they can they can stick to that plan and and win those games more often than not so i think yeah their best what we saw was certainly good enough and against the top yeah. sides but when when they they un, when they didn't come to play they they were found out pretty quickly.
3: Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at uh, some of the silver linings, a couple of positives here. So what worked well? They needed to develop the kids, and I say they probably have ticked that off quite well. We've got a whole clut of young guys here who have taken big steps this year. Nick Murray, he's 22 years old. He was looking all Australian at one stage of the year. Uh, Max Michaelaney, he's in his first year as an 18 year old kid. Took it all in his stride. He was lined up on some of the best medium forwards in the game.
0: I just want to say, obviously, Harry Shizor was awarded the the rising star earlier yeah. in the week, and um, you know Max Michelini wasn't sort of touted as that that top couple in that bracket of, of this of this draft. But I tell you what, after the year he's had, he absolutely his name needs to be talked about, sort of in yeah. that in that top couple of that of that uh, that draft. Yep. category. Uh, Will Ascroft uh, obviously got injured towards the end of the year, had a, an outstanding first season, but um, Owens as well. So there's he can put his name and be proud of his first year of footy. He's been a great get for the Crows.
3: Absolutely. So pick 17 and it looks like he's consolidated his, himself so far as one of the top five from that draft immediately. So he had a great year. Rochelle had, was fantastic at the very beginning of the year. He had a run through the midfield. Better for the run, probably. And he was getting, you know, 20 touches and a couple of goals in those first several games. He uh, got a bit sore and slowed down as the year progressed along. But, you know, we can all see what he's going to do in the future. Saligo, very clean player. Looks like a 200-game player in the making. Nankervis, Luke Pedler as well. We've seen that he's made of the right stuff and... You know, Adelaide's future midfield, he looks like he's got the power and, and aggression to um, give them a point of difference there.
0: Yep, you're, you're spot on. And and these are the, the names that are, are going to take this club forward in the future. So obviously, yeah, there's a, there's a certain threshold when when uh, contending teams get to in terms of games played and, and experience. And, and the more mm. games they, they've gotten into these kids, the better. Uh, what I think has worked is is obviously Jordan Dawson making him captain, putting him in the midfield and the impact he has had on this group has been astronomical. His, uh, his ball use, every time he gets it, we know he's hitting targets and putting Mm. and pulling off tough kicks as well. So I wasn't sure whether he could be that big bodied inside mid that can, that can have uh, a huge say in and around the contest, but uh, he proved me wrong and, and he's gone and done that obviously tex uh, yeah. the getting uh, to all australians getting better by age tex so to stick with him and and to to back him in again he's had a, an outstanding year and to give matt crouch an opportunity who myself included all thought he needed to get out of there at the end of last season with with no opportunity for the first half of this this season mm. he w- wasn't getting an opportunity having 40 in the sandfall every week and and not getting a look in to his credit he stuck at it and when he got that opportunity they was good on the crows to finally give him that opportunity and he's taken it with both hands and he yeah. saved his career in the in the back half of this season.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad they did give him that opportunity to show what he can do because now there is interest wherever he ends up, whether he stays here for another year or goes somewhere else. I just think it just would not be right if he wasn't playing AFL football for a few more years yet in his absolute prime. Uh, So we'll have a look at a couple of things with question marks for mine. So Sam Berry in the SANFL all year long was such a shame after how good he was last year. And sh- surely he's got a role in that midfield going forward. He's so tough and he can surprisingly move through stoppage. He's got really powerful legs. So that that's something that Crows fans will probably be wanting to see. And now we know uh, tall players always take longer. And Riley Thilthorpe showed glimpses of, of what he's capable of throughout the year with some great pack marks and he's up there with the contested marks in the league. Um, It didn't set the world on fire, but another one who would probably just be better off for getting another 20 games in the pocket.
0: Yeah, I do agree with you with Sam Berry and obviously Salone uh, has signed a a contract extension, which I was surprised about. Mm. I thought if they're going to continue to play him, he's going to take minutes away from guys like Barry. Uh, and some of the young guys that have been going through the midfield. So whether, you know, Sloane is is accepted that he might not be playing every week and, and if his form's not up the yeah. scratch that he he will have to play in the sand we, we don't know those conversations, but uh, Matt Crouch obviously hitting some form is sort of that Berry type player as well. So yeah. if Matt Crouch does find another home next year, that certainly opens the door for Berry, but yeah, he's certainly good enough to to play in this side.
3: Absolutely. So uh, another couple that came through, obviously Keane. He was a good story with uh, the injuries that Adelaide had in the defensive stocks. Uh, Mark Keane is a feel-good story, the Irishman coming through there. So they're going to be looking for a key defender to shore up those spots in the back line. As we look at what's next for Adelaide, I'll ask you, Gibber, what do they need to do this off-season or next year to jump up into the eight?
0: Well, I don't think they need a whole lot. They've obviously gone on this rebuild now for, for what is it, three, four years maybe yeah. under under Matty Nick. So the hard work is done. They're coming mm. out the other side of it. So they don't need to, to tinker with it too much, I don't think. I, f- I certainly think getting a bit of depth in that key defensive spot, as you've mentioned. We've mentioned some of the, the free agency targets, some guys out of contract who they could target. So... Uh, they might need to get a, a little bit creative in yeah. that space. Uh, they can still go back to the draft. They, they're still going to get, you know, a pick in the top you know, 10, ten or, or whatever, so. whatever yeah. it is. So there's still going to be some some talent uh, at that spot available. So I think you you go back and just pick pick the best kid available in that spot, uh, and then uh, as I mentioned before, just just continually working on some of that scenario stuff so that when they get in close games next year that they've worked on it over the preseason they're all on the same page and and more often than not they can win those games and as we know if they only needed to win one more game and they find themselves in a finals campaign maybe a year or two earlier than and what people expected so again they're gonna uh, the expectation on the Adelaide Crows is only going to increase now off the back of the year that they've had so yep. no doubt they're up for it and uh, again, if they can stay healthy like they have this year, with Tex and, and some of their, their other guys, haven't they haven't had uh, too bad of a run with injury they can certainly play finals next year
3: yeah uh, we will be expecting them to jump up next year after what they've done this year and my hope for them is in the draft that they select a a midfielder with speed to uh, really complement what they've got already in there bryce we're going to get to a break and up next we're going to preview the big finals that are coming up starting on thursday night this week
2: this is Saturdays in
3: SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, good morning. It's been a fun time. Thank you for do- joining us today. Top of 22 degrees, a springtime day coming up ahead for you. Now, let's have a look at these finals games, starting with just the Thursday night one. We'll just have a look at the first two of them, actually, Gibber. So we've got Collingwood taking on Melbourne, and they're both coming in pr- fairly evenly matched with the Pundits. Collingwood's slight favourites.
0: Cracking game of footy we're going to be witnessing on Thursday night. Oh, Jake Jake Melcham out with a, yeah. with that knee is is so disappointing for him and for Melbourne because he's uh, he's quite a dangerous player in their lineup. We know, know Nick Dacos for Collingwood, but they have hit some form without him in the last couple of weeks. So I think it's gonna be an intriguing match. Um, obviously huge midfield battle, Viney. Uh, Oliver Petrarca. Uh, Pendlebury's been good since going back in there. Yeah. Tom Mitchell, we know what he brings to the table. And Jordan Degoe, we know his X factor. And if he can yeah. have a big game, that'll certainly help the Pies. Um, Darcy Moore back in the side, Nathan Murray. So their defence really strengthens on uh, probably you know a Melbourne forward line, which is a, a little... It's probably their weakness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Tom McDonald will probably have to play now that Jake Melcham's out. You've got Jacob Van Royen down there as well. But uh, it's the nippy forwards that are, are the most dangerous. Neil Bullen, Kasai Pickett. Um, Bailey, Bailey Fritch, Fritch. As well as yeah. the danger. But, uh, you know, Isaac Quaynor gets a, an All-Australian jacket. So he's had an unbelievable yeah. year. So he'll have to go to one of those guys. But um, I think this is going to be a cracking game, Tom. And I think I think Melbourne. Really, I yep. Melbourne, yeah. Yep. I think Melbourne, yeah. I think
3: Melbourne is. Who are the real Melbourne now? If the real Melbourne turn up, they are such a powerful, powerful side, particularly from the midfield going out and and that best version of the, themselves. I actually agree with you. Could beat Collingwood. Um, but they have done a lot of experimenting to get that forward setup going, which isn't quite there yet. So Grundy's still out of the team. Uh, huge addition, though, getting Bailey Fritch up. So I- I'm actually going to go with the Ds as well in um, what Collingwood fans would not like to hear. Now, looking ahead to Carlton's game, Gibber, your boys are taking on the Swans at the G Friday night. They finally made the eight for the first time in... Uh, I don't know how long's it been, Gibber. Ten since f- two thousand
0: and thirteen. Tom, yep. we played Richmond at the G, but we got into the finals because of the, the Essendon drug saga. So we actually finished yes. ninth that year. Default. So it's probably if you will count it, but it yeah. probably shouldn't have been counted. So it was probably a few years earlier than that, even.
3: Default. The three greatest words in the Australian dictionary. <laughs> I'll take um, it. So, yeah, what, what do you Blues have to do to beat the Swans? Because the Swans will no doubt be... I mean, they were grand finalists last year. They will be coming to the G uh, full of confidence and a, a lot of belief that they can get the job done.
0: Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, obviously having it at the MCG, a lot bigger ground than the SCG, which we know Sydney play a really hard and strong game at. Uh, it'll be the key to beating Sydney is beating them at their own game and Mm. that's the contested ball in and around the stoppages in and around the clearances we know we we say that most most weeks yeah the the best midfield usually wins the game but that's what Carlton have been so good in this recent or this back end of season form um that that has held him in in really good stead so Carlton have got are going to have a lot of selection headaches at uh, at match committee this week with pretty much everyone being available bar only a couple um, Sydney's still very dangerous side they've been yeah. in, in and around the finals for the best part of the last 10 years so still still dangerous but I think I think' um, of course I'm tipping going. <laughs>
3: Going with the head and the heart, Bryce. Uh, Yep, it's going to be a cracking game. And we're going to preview. We'll have a look at uh, Port Adelaide's match and the other one next week. We've got to get to a break, Bryce. It's the top of 22 degrees today. And we are here for our friends at City Discount Tyres. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. It's been fun. You can catch up on the whole show in our podcast, which will be coming out soon. Saturdays in SA. We are here, obviously, for Lumo Energy SA. SCNSA Studio Lumo SA at Number One King William Street is powered by Lumo Energy SA. And City Discount Tyres, four-wheel drive tyre deals are on now. Gibber, where are you off to now? Uh, I am
0: off to Norlunga for a full day of footy. Our okay. reserves are just underway uh, in the uh, elimination final against the Eagles and then followed by our under-18s who are, are playing in a, a qualifying final. They win, they go through to the granny, which I'm the runner today, Tom. Oh, so okay. I'm getting, out, uh, getting some <laughs> colour on the pins today. Yeah,
3: getting some messages out there. Very good, mate. And then after that, hopefully uh, catching up on some sleep because that your kids robbed you of through the week.
0: Absolutely no chance of that happening, Tom.
3: (laughs) Never stops. Hey, uh, have a good weekend, whatever you're up to. Get along to the SANFL, and we'll catch you next week for the first round of the AFL Finals. Goodbye.